Time is out for us dancing and jumping around the church, knocking over chairs and going home and feeling empty because we haven't accomplished anything. Amen. I'd rather you knock over chairs and jump over chairs and, 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 and scream and holler and shout because you're and while you are accomplishing goals. Amen. This is the year to start the business. This is the year, amen, to, to get rid of some people. This, amen. Amen. This is the year to clean out your phone and your closet. Amen. amen. This is the year to move into the place you need to move into. Amen. This is the year to buy the house. Amen, somebody. Come on. This is the year to get into the new apartment. This is the year to upgrade your life. Come on. Move up some. Give yourself some more space, some more room. This is the year. This is the year, to, this is the year for, you to, for you to learn how to sew make your own clothing line come on this is that kind of year this is the year to start your business this is the year come on this is the year to have employees amen somebody the reason why I believe God is dealing with us like this because normally I, I start the year off with uh, with uh, faith and things like that but all of this is encompassed in in what we've been dealing with God's heart for us as and I'm talking about just not not the body of Christ but this house I believe is that he wants us to accomplish much this year God wants you to be an accomplished accomplisher this year. He wants you to do things and he wants you to finish them. Don't just start, start a class, finish the class. Come on, amen. That's why, that's why I told God I'm going, I said uh, two, a few uh, weeks ago, I said, Lord, I'm going to write this book this year. He said, no, you're going to write the book in the first quarter. I said, okay, <laughs> all right. Because the Lord said to me, he said, it's not like you don't have content. You just got to stop being lazy and complete it. Amen, somebody. Now, I'm, I'm being transparent because a lot of people look at the preacher. Oh, you got it together. No, I, I struggle like you struggle in areas. Amen. But God's, God's heart is he wants us to accomplish. There's no need for me to have all of this content that I've studied for and God gave it to me. And it sits on my computer for years and years and years and it don't ever get released to the world. It has to come out. It ha you got to take a step even if you're taking it in the dark. Amen, somebody. Take a step in the dark. I don't have all the details, but I partner with everybody that does. And sometimes the best thing for you to do is to take a step, and while you're taking a step, get some information. Because a lot of times we use the excuse, I just don't know what I'm doing. Well, do what you can do. And while you're doing what you can do, get more information so that you can do more. Amen. Whatever that looks like for you, you're going to have to fill in some blanks this year. You're going to have to fill in some blanks this year. Why am I not fulfilled? Why am I not fulfilled? A lot of people are not fulfilled only because, not because God's not in their life. No, they're not fulfilled because they haven't accomplished anything. How old are you? 25, 20, 35, 40, 48, 29. However old you are, and I've been saying this since, since January 1st, how old will you be 10 years from now? In another decade, how old will you be? And, and what is it that you would have, have accomplished if you start now by the time the next 10 years ends? What do you want to accomplish in the next 10 years? What do you want to see written beside your name? Author, homeowner. Come on, what do you want to see written beside your name? I heard um, Dr. Matthew Stevenson said, um, he said, legacy is not for when you die. Legacy is for when you're alive. A lot of people wait, oh my, what do you want your legacy to be? And we think in terms of death. 
He said the Lord rebuked him and told him that legacy is not about your death. It's about what you're doing when you're alive. What can people look at your life and be inspired by to say, this is what I've seen my sister do, so now I'm going to do this. This is what I've seen my brother do, so now this is what I'm going to do. That's legacy. Legacy is, is the thing that inspires other people because of what you stepped out to do. And a lot of us have not stepped out to do because the truth of the matter is we're the first in our family. We're the first amongst our friends. So, so it, it gets lonely when you start telling people I'm going to buy a house but nobody in your family has ever owned one. It's rough. It's rough when you, because you can't talk to the people who are closest to you about stuff because you're the first. So what God has to do is he has to empower you to be a trailblazer. I said God has to empower you to be a trailblazer. Being a trailblazer, you know people talk about and they use that word loosely, trailblazer. But, it, but it's really lonely being a trailblazer. Because you're doing something nobody's ever done before. You're charting new territory. It's hard work being a trailblazer. Because you're cutting down stuff that nobody's ever seen before. You're the first person to see the weeds, to see the trees. You got to cut that stuff down. You got to move it out the way because everybody else will follow in your footsteps to do what you're now doing. And it's gonna, the first time, saying this, the first time is always rough. But after you, after you blaze the trail, you can go back and forth in that trail and do it over and over and over and over again. And this is what the devil doesn't want uh, the, the, the true saints of God to do. He doesn't want you to be a trailblazer because, he, because a lot of us have not gotten comfortable in our own skin to be by ourselves. Woo! I'm preaching already. A lot of us have not gotten comfortable in our own skin to be by ourselves and to walk through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I fear no evil. It says in Psalms, yea, though I. And they say, yea, though we. Because being a trailblazer is going to feel like you're in a valley. It's going to feel like you're in a valley by yourself, walking through almost like death. Trying to get to a destination that only God knows and he showed it to you. And when, when, that, when that is your portion, you're going to have to get over you. You're going to have to die to yourself, to your own emotions and your own feelings. You're going to have to die to what people think about you. Can, can I just say this? A lot of us in this room have to honestly have to get delivered from people. You really, and if you're taking notes today, we, we are in note-taking church, but if you're taking notes, write that down. I, I don't care what else you write down today, write that down. I need to get delivered from people. You're going to have to get delivered from what people think about you. You're really going to have to get delivered about what people say about you. Because people, because... <laughs> If I, if, I, if I listen to everything people said about me, I would never preach the gospel ever again in my life. If I listen to what people said about me, I would never do anything. I'd just sit in the house, curled up in the fetal position, and just wait for Jesus to come back. You're going to have to get delivered from people. Now, now watch this. The biggest attack is going to come from the enemy using people, watch this, who know you. People who know your flaws. People who know your past history. Because it's almost going to fit, and, and, and the, the, the problem is going to be like this. They're almost going to be like, how in, the world, how in the world are you trying to do that when you've been this? So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I've been looking at homes. I believe God's going to give me a house. And the first thing they're going to say is, didn't you just file bankruptcy two years ago? 
the first thing they want to do is dig up something to try to persuade you that, that what you're after is off from what God said is yours. So you're going to have to get delivered from what people think about you because people's opinion don't matter when God's giving you a word. I'm going to say that again. People's opinion doesn't matter when God's giving you a word. So the only way you can truly get delivered from people is you have to have a word from God. How do you, how do you, how do you, really, how do you really get delivered from people? You have to hear a word from God for your life. We're going to talk about that if we get to it. You need a vision. You need a vision for where you're going. Ooh, we're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes. You need a vision for where you're going because when you get a vision for where you're going, no one will be able to stop what God said. The only person that can stop what God said is you. And how fast the vision comes to pass is not predicated on people. It's predicated on your obedience to what he said. Does that make sense? So a lot of the things we've been talking about since January is winning, Get having victory, being determined. Tuesday night, our Tuesday night series is amazing. Uh, the, uh, uh, um, are we talking about uh, uh, unusual determination? It's, it's really blessing us. All of these things are um, terms that have to do with winning battles, winning wars, winning, winning, uh, winning victories. All of this is necessary if, if you're going to have the kind of year that God has ordained for you to have. If you're going to have a year where God blows your mind, you're not going to get it unless God is able to work you out. Unless God is able to work you out of your fear, work you out of your laziness, come on, work you out of your complacency, work you out of everything that, that has held you back in past seasons. Your ability to miss seasons is over. Say, say, say I'm not able to miss another season. Come on, just say, I'm not able to miss another season. Like, like I refuse to miss, to miss another season, but I'm really not able to miss another season. I'm so present in the Holy Ghost that I'm not going to miss another thing. I won't be able to miss a season because I'm going to be on God's agenda for everything that I'm doing. My friendships will be on God's agenda. Come on. So every, every person who I call friend, I'm reevaluating. Lord, is this the one I need to have? It's not here. Bye. I ain't worried about it. I ain't looking back for it. I'm not, I'm not going after it no more. Why? Because it's not going where I'm going. They're not going where I'm going. We have two different visions. And that's when you get division. Division. That's when stuff starts messing up. When I'm going in one direction, but you don't want me to go in that direction because you really want us to go in this direction. Now, now we, we, we're, we're unequally yoked. You're pulling this way, I'm pulling this way. And when life is like that, it gets very hard for you to follow God, especially if your flesh, if your soul is tied to somebody else who has a different vision than the vision God gave you. It gets rough because now you're starting to make fleshly decisions about staying with people, staying hooked up to people that are not going in the same direction you're going in. Oh, but I hear the Holy Ghost God said to tell you he's breaking soul ties in this season. Oh, this is a season of, of soul ties being broken. This is a season that God is breaking, breaking the soul tie between you and people in your past that try to come up in certain seasons. Hey, where you been? I ain't seen you in a while. No, no, you don't need to see me no more. Lose my number. Come on. Block them. Come on, y'all. Y'all be real quiet today. Y'all looking like, do I have to? You need to. You, you got to. You have to. You have to you're gonna to have to do that 
if you don't do that, then you could possibly know what God wants for you, but miss it. I don't know about none of y'all, but I'm not missing another thing. And I'm not going to allow nobody being connected to the wrong people cause me to lose another, another thing, another season. Anybody ever been sick and tired? Like, I'm done. I'm just so tired of this. Anybody been there before? Like, I'm tired of this. Sometimes that's the will of God for you. The will of God is that you get sick and tired with people sometimes. Sometimes the will of God is that you get sick and tired of being on your job. Get sick and tired of it. Not to be disrespectful to it, but, but it's not until you get to that place that you're able to start saying, I'm going to build a business now. I'm not going to quit the job because I need the job to fund the business until the business takes off. Come on, you got to use wisdom. You don't, you don't, you don't quit the job because I'm going to start a business. No, no, keep the job and do the business part-time. Let the business grow bigger than the job. Then you can tell the job, I don't need you. And then you go from, from full-time, hey, y'all got any part-time positions here? You wean yourself off the job while you grow the business. But a lot, a lot of us, a lot of us, a lot of us have been in that predicament where you've gotten sick and tired. Like I'm, I'm done with this. I'm done with going through these. I'm done with going through this. I'm not gonna go through this another week. Anybody been there before? I ain't going through this another week. I'm tired of not having no money. I'm so tired of people getting on my nerves. I'm tired of it. Well, if you're tired of getting on your nerves, maybe they're not the people for your life. And maybe you're sick and tired of it because God wants you to end some stuff. So, um, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, that's a good introduction for us. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, and it says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory. Everybody say victory. victory. That word victory, we said it is the defeat of an enemy in battle. God gives you, God gives you victory. He gives you the head of every enemy that comes up against you in every season. He gives you, an, somebody say, an advantage over anything that tries to contain me. Say, I have an advantage over everything and anything that tries to contain me. You know what that means? God doesn't want you to be boxed in. He doesn't want you to live your life being boxed in claustrophobic all tight God wants you to have space if you read the Bible it talks about God, all over the place it talks about that God wants to, wants to enlarge your territory God wants to give you move you into a large room he wants to give you more than your eyes have seen he wants to give you more than your ears have heard about he wants, you to, he, want, he wants you to have more than you've ever seen before God is about abundance say that God is about abundance come on say God is about abundance God's abundance is his will for your life. He said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He's about abundance. A lot of us, a lot of us don't walk in that abundance, not because God doesn't have it available for us, but we're too boxed in. Some of you in this season are going to have to tell the devil, keep your box. Because what God has for me is bigger than this little square, this little tiny square I've been living in. What God has for me is bigger than, than, than the little house I've been living in, the small apartment. Somebody say, there's something bigger for me. Come on, declare it. There's something bigger for me. Now, why am I having y'all talk a whole lot? Number one, so you won't go to sleep. Number two, number two, I, I have you to talk because, <laughs> I have you talking because the Bible says that the power of life and death is in your tongue. It's not until, I can preach it, but it's not until you say it 
that it really comes alive. It's not until you say it that, that, that now the Holy Ghost now gets to work behind it. Say that, no more small boxes for me. Come on, say it, no more small boxes for me. Say it again, no more small boxes for me. So you know, you know the first thing God's going to do is he's going to start delivering your mind from small thinking. Your mind has to get delivered from small thinking. Think about that for a second. Small thinking is the thing that keeps you boxed in. It's not the man. Amen, somebody. Small thinking. God can take you and open up the, one of the biggest doors of your life. But because of small thinking, you'll come out of that door and go back to a comfortable small box because that's what you've been comfortable with. So watch this. Anything that, 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 that God wants to do with that's outside of the box you've been living in, the first thing that has to get delivered is your mind because you're going to be so uncomfortable being out of this place. Okay. Uh, so so you, 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 you've been managing um, after you pay your bills, you, you, you've had $50 left over. Right? What happens when you have $2,000 left over? After you finish paying all of your bills, you got $2,000 left over. The first thing that comes to most people's minds is I'm going to shop, I'm going to buy stuff that I ain't never had before, and that's why your mind is small. Because we don't think I need more so that I can invest. We don't think invest, we think shop. Buy more. You've been making it with the clothes you got. But this is why, this is why people who are wealthy... Don't do a lot of shopping. They do more investing than they do shopping. And when they do shop, it's quality. Think about that for a second. It's quality. So so if I'm going to furnish my apartment, furnish my house, I'm not doing that at the dollar tree, at the dollar store. If if I'm going to spend the money, I'm going to invest in something, watch this, that can last a lifetime. That won't break easily. Come on, y'all. Think with me here. I'm going to buy a couch that, that even, if, even if my children jump on, it won't mess up. Because they're, they're thinking past right now. We want something cute, but it's, it'd, be, it'd be broken in a week. Think about that for a second. How many things in your life are sturdy? How many people in your life are sturdy? How much stuff in your house is sturdy? How much stuff in your house is sturdy? Notice, whenever, whenever, whenever they were building the temples or they were building a house for God, he told them, I want choice wood. I want choice gold. He told them what he wanted. He wanted the best and the finest of everything. It's not, it's, now people, when you start talking like this, people get clammy because they start thinking, oh, the church won't ask for more money. No, I'm trying, to get you to, I'm trying to get you to broaden your horizons. God wants you to have the best. He wants you to live in the best. But a lot of us only want that, but we don't want to come out the box. The only way you're going to get that is you got to come out the box. And it's going to be uncomfortable for you for a season because if you've only thought in terms of the small box that you've called your life and God rips the box open and says, now I have more for you. you, The question is, will you squander what he gives you more of or will you learn how to invest it? The same thing with this presence. Lord, use me. The question that always comes from heaven is why? Use 
me for your glory. You, how many, you, know, you know how many people pray that? Lord, use me for your glory. Use me for your glory. It sounds noble. You sound like Benny Hinn. Use me for your glory, master. It, sound, it sounds noble, right? Use me for your glory. Like if you was God, if, if you were God, you'd probably like, yeah, I'm going to pour more power on you. Because you're asking me to use you. I wanna, and I need people to use. But if everybody's praying that, why doesn't God pour out more glory on people so that they can be used? Because the truth of the matter is that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. More, most, a lot of people want to be used by God for them. And not to further the kingdom. So, Lord, I, I want, Lord, make me a millionaire. The question in heaven is why? Why does God, why should God open up more finances to you? What is the purpose for more money for you? What's the purpose behind the more money? Is the purpose just so that you can get a better car? You can do that by saving. Is the purpose just to get a bigger house? You're single. Why do you need 20,000 square feet? What's the purpose behind what you're asking God for? Without having a purpose, the Bible says you ask what you ask amiss because you're only getting this to heap something upon yourself. And there's no purpose for the kingdom for this, for this thing to come in your life. So I want, a, I want a better car because I want to sell the car, watch this, that I've been keeping up into somebody else's life. Why do you ask God to give you, give you a Maserati and with the Honda you ain't changing the oil? Come on, talk to me. I want a, I want a BMW because that's, 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 that's considered a high luxury car. You ain't ready for that because all changing that is more than, your, than, than, than in a Honda or a Hyundai. Whatever it is. Hyundai, Hyundai, Honda, Honda, whatever it is, all of them. When you start going BMW, Mercedes, I've owned a BMW. I know how much it costs to get a tire fixed. You got to pay some money just for the, the lock to, uh, to take the, the hubcap off. Y'all don't know and talk to me. You go up and they say that'd be $140. For what? Honey, for that's what? For the key that opens up your lug nut so you can change your tire. You go like, the lug nut is $140. If the lug nut is $140, how much you think the tire gonna cost? If the lug nut is $140, how much you think it's gonna be for an oil change? What happens when you have to, we were just talking about this other week, what, what happens when you, have, when you have to get a tune-up? Spark plugs. Come on, talk to me. Y'all, some of y'all are like, what? Right? But you want to upgrade, and heaven is asking why. Because most people want to upgrade for themselves. That's why the upgrade hasn't come. You don't upgrade just to upgrade. You upgrade so that what you currently have can go to somebody else. But what good is what, good is what you have going to somebody else when you have an upkept stuff you got? Why well, am I going to give you my junk car so God can give me a new car? When I've had an opportunity to take care of my car, keep it clean. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. See, see, we got to do better as Christians. Y'all don't want to talk to me today. We got to do better. I'm going to bless you with some clothes out of my closet. But the clothes got holes in them. You didn't wash it, they still stink. Y'all don't want to talk. Y'all don't, y'all. Sure, it's a blessing to somebody that doesn't have any clothes. It's a major blessing. But if you were in there, if you were in there as choosy as you are, if you were in their shoes, would you consider it to be a blessing? Or would you just smile until they leave it and throw it in the garbage? 
Y'all get what I'm saying? Every upgrade isn't given just because you pray for an upgrade. Upgrades are only given when there's a purpose behind the upgrade. So I want to do, I want to, I, I want cars, many, plural, why? Because I want to sow cars into people's lives. Then God weighs the heart behind it. Why do you want to give cars away? Are you gonna, is it going to be something that's going to be televised so the world sees your arms? Why do you want to do this? Who do you want to bless? What's the story behind this? Heaven weighs that so that God can give you, watch this, the desire of your heart. He gives you the desire of your heart, but it's not until heaven weighs it. All right, I'll leave that alone. All right. Oh, Lord. So say this, say this. Inside of me, Inside of me is the will to win, the will to, win. The will to succeed, the will to succeed. And, the will to and the will to be developed. This is what we left off last week. We talked about one of the reasons why people don't change is because they lack motivation. So, we, so we, 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 we're, we're talking about what God desires to take you in. We're talking about what you desire for yourself. Why don't we see more people change into that? Go, go, go towards it quicker because they lack motivation. We said motivation is the desire to do. Say the desire to do. Motivation means that there's something in you that pushes you to do. It's just like determination. It's the desire to do. Watch this. It is push and it's ambition. It's somebody say push, push. and ambition. And a lot of people don't, they, they, they have a hard time with this only, only because their motivation has been stifled for years. When's the last time, when's the last time you looked at your life and, 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 and you were motivated to do something and you pushed to do it in spite of you? I'm going to wait for a second. Because a lot of people who say that they're motivated, they're not really motivated. Everybody can say that, they, that, they're, that they're motivated until, until your motivation is tested. Then we're going to see how much determination you really have. When's the last time you were, you were motivated to do something and pushed into it? Let's take something. How many people in here um, desire a house? Anybody here want a, house, a new house? Okay, a house, okay. Um, you don't just go from one day being a, a, a renter and tomorrow you own a house. Unless you just got a couple of, a couple of hundred thousand sitting around. And if you do, let me know because I'd like to talk to you. Let me know, because, you know, we, we, can have, we can have a wonderful talk. <laughs> Let me know so I can pray with you. <laughs> so watch. You, you have to say, say this. It starts with a desire. I want a new house. Right? It starts with a desire. You're online. You see someone. Oh, that's beautiful. Right? Oh, this, uh, this house is $249,000. like, I think I could probably do that. Wow, I can I can see myself in something like that. I can see myself living. Oh, that's I can wake up in the, I can wake up and cook in the kitchen like that, like and and that's where we stop at. And that, uh, honestly, and that's where we stop. That's where we stop. A lot of us be like, oh, I, I can see myself, and then we stop there. I can see myself doing this, and we stop. We, we don't continue in it. We don't, we don't, we, there's no motivation to stay in it past the initial desire. Right. Right. 
So how many things have you desired to do that you weren't motivated to complete? This Saturday, I'm going to clean this house up. I'm working all week. I'm going to clean this closet out. It's been a month. I've been saying, I'm I'm, I'm, going to get to this this Saturday. You have a desire to do it. But then Saturday morning, you wake up and be like, I ain't doing nothing. I'm going to lay right here. (laughs) I'm going to lay right here, and I'll get to this another time. Don't let us call like something like, like prayer on Saturday. Be like, I can't do it because I got to go to prayer. <laughs> Be using church as, an, as, as a reason. <laughs> hey, let, let, me, let me get to where I need to get to. All right, so it starts with the desire. A lot of people don't continue because the desire, the desire is initial seed. Write that down. The desire is the initial seed. I don't be by myself forever. I want to be with somebody. That's the initial seed. That's the initial seed. But, but, you got to go past that point. The initial seed is just to, just to get you stirred up, get you started. It's like somebody saying, I want to, I wanna, you know, you want to uh, you, you start a business and someone says, I want to give you the first thousand dollars for the business. You can't live the whole business off that thousand dollars. It's the initial seed to start you. A lot of us take the initial seed and spend it. Well, I'm done. This ain't going to be no business. I bought some nice shoes, though. I got a nice pack of hair. I'm good. Got a nice little bundle. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. All the time. <laughs> all the time, he's good. All right, so so you have that initial. But after you get the, after, after the initial, I want the house. You have to find out, number two, what, are you, what can you afford? Because I believe in God. This is what they find I'm going to talk to you. Me and you talk. Most people are like, I'm going to believe God, right? I'm going to believe God. God's going to make the way. They can't afford but $400 a month. But they're looking at houses that are, that are $700,000. When the $700,000 house means you're going to be paying close to $4,000 a month just for, just for mortgage, not taxes, not your insurance, not your water bill, not your cable bill. Now think about where you're living now. Factor all of that in, and while you believe in God for the seven hundred thousand dollar house, this is what we do: we we believe God for something that's outside of our league. Could God do it? Yes. Does He do it often? No. Why? Because you're not ready for it. Oh Lord, have mercy! Y'all don't want to hear that. Y'all don't like the preacher. Y'all real upset with me today. Don't be upset with me. I love you. Could he, could he do it? Yes. Does he most times, 99.9% of the time? No. Why? Why doesn't he do it? Because you're not ready for that yet. He has to take you up in increments. So your current rent level is, is 598. Then you factor into that your electric, your, your water and sewer, you factor into that your cable bill, your, tele, your cell phone bill, and you're looking at 985, and that's like you're squeezing. With 985, you're like, Lord Jesus, please make a way. And if you don't pay your phone bill for this month, then you have wiggle room. Y'all gonna, see, y'all don't, like, y'all don't like to be honest. So what we start doing is we, watch this, expectations being high is when I agree with that a thousand percent. But you also have to look in, in, the, in the area of reality. Yeah. 
Because we, 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 are, we are so faith-filled that although we can barely squeeze out $9.85 a month, we're looking at million-dollar homes, and it becomes, it, your heart can't take looking at million-dollar homes when your budget is $985. All you're doing is disappointing yourself because you really can't get into that. It's, it's a dream right now. And could God break the rules and get you into that? Absolutely. He sure can. He can do anything but fail. But we're waiting on God to do what absolutely something that only happens rarely. Because to us, that would be a miracle. But you don't need a miracle. You need a house. Does that make sense? Now, I'm not hooping it. I ain't doing it right now. I'm just I'm talking to y'all because this is where we mess up. You'll never win if you don't know how to, how to work faith. Faith is not believing God outside of an area that you're, that you're, that you're responsible for. Because if you don't know how to manage a million-dollar house, how do you learn how to manage a million-dollar house? By managing the house that, that, that runs me $985. If, now, if you see this all through the Bible. Joseph didn't start out being the second in command of the whole nation. He started out at home. Then what we call persecution was really an upgrade. He goes from home to being upset by his brothers. They, 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 they want to kill him. They hate him because he got a dream. He got something on the inside of him. And he gets upgraded to Potiphar's house. It was an upgrade. We look at that story wrong. We'd be like, oh, God, he went through so much. He was really being upgraded the whole time. But how do you view trials? Trials are nothing more than God upgrading you, although in the upgrade, there's some hurt. Ooh, glory to God. How many things have you gone through in your life that you have despised because you didn't learn the lesson in it? You can despise a trial because you don't know what God's trying to do. This is why you got to ask God, what are you doing in this? What are you doing in this? How, how is this going to bless me? What lessons am I supposed to take from this? What am I supposed to pull out of this so that I can be better? If you don't do that, then you're going to be upset with God. You're going to think God made a mistake. You're going to think that God's will was not done when his will was fully accomplished. And he was with you from the beginning of that to the end of that. He said, I'll be with you always to the end of the world. He was with you. His will was accomplished. You didn't learn the lesson in it. How many trials do we go through that we absolutely hate? You in a dry season. Why are you? <laughs> only here. Only at Inver Church. Only at the Inver Church. You're in, a, you're, in a, you're in a dry season, right? What's the purpose for the dry season? Is the dry season a curse? Or is the dry season God's way of getting you, watch this, to manage what you already have? Sometimes the dry season comes because you've had so many resources that you have not gotten a hold of. And you're praying for something else and God said, no, you got enough here. Oh, Lord. Cooks, cooks understand this. You ever, you, ever, you, ever had, you ever had a desire to eat something but you didn't have nothing in your refrigerator and you just got just started making stuff up? 
I'm a, I got okra. I got some. I'm gonna make some soup now because I got I got enough vegetables. Here. I'm gonna make some vegetable soup. I got I got enough stuff in there. I ain't got no meat, but I got all vegetables. Right? I'm gonna make I'm gonna make something. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make an okra, green bean, corn, zucchini, and potato soup. And everybody eats everybody like that's amazing. How do you come up with that? I was broke. I didn't have nothing. And I only cooked what I had. Versus going out and spending $50 for something that I can't even eat leftovers on. You call it being low, God calls it teaching you. How you go through a season determines when you'll come out of it. I'm going to say it again. How you go through a season determines how you come out of it. When you'll come out of it. A lot of people, you're in the same season because you haven't determined how you're going to go through it. You're still in complaint mode. Why I got to go through this again, God? Why? It's been three months. I've been in this since December. God said, learn the lesson. Learn. All right, so say I need motivation. All right, so, so, so the initial seed. Then you have to evaluate where am I at? What can I afford? Right? So the person says to you, Based on this, you can only afford a home that's a hundred and ten thousand dollars. And what do we? The first thing we do is speak from our own selfishness, our own pride, and our own spoiledness. I can't get nothing with a hundred and ten thousand. Ain't nothing the value of a hundred and ten thousand. And right there is a moment you miss the blessing. What was God really trying to do? He was trying to get you. Oh Lord. You're trying to get to a $700,000 home. You can only afford a $110,000 home. God is trying to get you in that home so you can make it better. Pour into it. Learn the lessons on it. Make it. Come on, fix it up. Learn how to do sheetrocking. Learn how to mud. Learn how to paint. Do your own hardwood floors. Come on, it's your project. It's your place. You can make it happen. So that... Two years from now, a hundred and ten thousand dollar house is now worth three hundred thousand. See, it takes oh Lord, it takes time for something of value to come up. Right, one hundred ten thousand. Now you're paying you 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 know you're at you're at eight hundred eight hundred dollars a month with everything. Now you got an extra hundred and something dollars every pay pay period that you can work with to build. What was God really trying to do? He's trying to get you to get equity. Yes. Now, now you go back and say, hey, I want to get a house that's not 700 because I'm, I'm working towards that. The first one, I, now, now if I use this home as equity, what can I get in a new home? Well, well, you put a lot into this home. We, we, we've, uh, we've come in and done an appraisal on the house. This house is really worth 300000 now. So your, your initial down payment of your next house can be at least 300000 you see the upgrade? Yeah. See, you, you, you see that? Now, now, you, now somebody's going to rent your house. Pay you while you now get upgraded to a house that's 400000 And what are you doing in the $400,000 house? Everything you did in the $110,000 house. But, you, but, but now you got more outside of the money that you're bringing in. You now have another stream coming in. Make sense? Now I got a stream and my own money coming in and a little business on the side. I got three streams I can work with to make this place better. 
What am I after? The 700,000 dream house. It takes time to get there, but most people don't want to put the work in to get there because we've lost determination. We don't have it. There's nothing in us that is motivated to get there. We just want God to just throw us there. Throw me in a million dollar house. Throw me, come on, throw me into my gift. Throw me into an anointing. Throw, no, you got to pray your way through that. The Lord said this is going to be the year where you have to roll up your sleeves to get what you want from God. You can't get it just because you believe. Lord, I believe. Everybody believes. Even demons believe. What, what do you have over demons and devils? Because they believe just like you believe. Bible says faith without is what? So a lot of stuff we're doing is really dead because we ain't got no work. We just believe in a whole lot of faith. All right, let me, uh, Lord Jesus. So, so, so we, we said if you're going to stay motivated this year, I gave you two things last Sunday. I'll give you one more and then I'm not going to finish this. So um, I, I will come back to this next Sunday. So, so the first thing we said was you have to evaluate where you currently are. If you're going to be motivated this year to do anything, you have to evaluate where you are currently. You remember that? Yeah. All right. So then uh, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of that has to do with asking tough questions, we said. Asking the difficult questions. How am I going to get out of this? Why am I stuck here? What am I going to do from here? What's the next move, God? How do I get out of this rut that I'm in? How do I clear my debt? You got to ask yourself the difficult questions. We just, we're waiting on God to do something for us, and we don't, even, we, don't even, we don't even access heaven by asking some questions. We don't ask ourselves enough. We don't even talk to ourselves. HR, why are you so lazy? Come on. You're about to go eat. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. You know you ain't supposed to be eating at 3 o'clock in the morning. Ask yourself a, a, a tough question. Why am I eating right now? Is it just habit? Am I bored? My behind needs to be sleeping so I can be up in a couple of hours. Because there is such a thing as food addiction. Y'all don't want to talk to me. And with all the stuff that's in this food now, fast food when I was in the 70s, when I was growing up, now y'all know, know how old I am. In the 70s, when I was growing up, fast food wasn't really fast food. They, they really still cooked it. Yeah. <laughs> now, fast food is if you can go to a place and within two minutes, your burger is ready. 30 seconds, you got, a you got fries and a burger and everything else ready for you, it ain't real food. Okay, y'all don't like that kind Y'all want me to hoop and holler today. I know y'all like, come on, say yeah. He's coming today. No, no, no. No, no. <laughs> your money's going to flip over a thousand times, touch your neighbor and say, no, I ain't doing that. I'm not doing that because y'all don't need nobody. See, that's the wrong motivation. We have been screamed and hollered at and yelled at enough. We know it. What we don't have is enough teaching. What we don't have is enough information. What we don't oh that I must see that. What we don't have is enough knowledge. We have a lot of getting, but we don't have no understanding. So the enemy, year after year, keeps you in a deprived place, all because we didn't holler at you, we didn't told you to turn around three times, touch the floor, hit the ceiling, and then throw your throw your request in the altar basket and burn it up three times, and then say God's gonna make the way. And by the time you get home to that, and it don't happen, then you mad at the church. 
because you did a whole lot of acrobatics, but you didn't know what to do with your paycheck. I'm being real. I'm being very real today. We did a whole lot of acrobatics. We howled and yelled and screamed. We cried. We slobbered. We did all of that. And after, after, all that, after all of that was over, hallelujah, after all of that was finished, we still broke. We still hate our families. We still hate ourselves. Y'all don't want a real preacher. Y'all want me to... Y'all want me to be a commercial preacher. Y'all want me to be a traveling evangelist. Bless God, one, two, three, shout. No, 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 no. You don't need that no more. While we do praise and we do dance and we do give God the glory and we do worship and do all of that stuff, then after that, you need, you need some teaching. A lot of us, the enemy hasn't done hardly anything anything to us that we haven't done to ourselves. The devil ain't make you eat. <laughs> Open your mouth and eat that food. You're like, okay, Satan, I'm going to eat right now. Hold on, hold on, I'm going to the kitchen right now. Hold on, hold on, leave me alone. I'm going to the kitchen to eat right now. He ain't do that. The devil ain't do that. You ate because you was mad. You ate because you, you say you're hungry, but you wasn't really hungry. You was bored. You need, with that same energy, you need to sit down and start a business plan. With that same energy, you need to go through your phone and, and erase some folks. Keep that same energy, fam. You should have went through all of that. You should have with that same energy, you should have been saying no to sin. With that same energy, you should have been praying. Come on, it takes energy to go downstairs and make a play. Even if you put it in the microwave, you gotta walk downstairs. Walk out your room, go in the refrigerator, take the stuff out, make a plate. Put the stuff back in there. Put it in the microwave. Push buttons. All this is energy. It's all energy. You spent your energy on something, watch this, that's really killing you. So a lot of our energy is going to death. Y'all don't like that kind of preaching. Yo, a lot of our energy is going to death-filled circumstances. You really hate you, so you hate everybody else. So you argue with everybody else because you ain't settled within yourself. Death. Can't keep two good relationships in your life because death is reigning in your body. What two people can love you through every season? Okay, I'll leave y'all alone. Y'all look like. All right, so if you're going to overcome and stay motivated, the second thing we said, you got to overcome complacency. That leads us right into this. You got to overcome complacency. What is complacency? We said it's self satisfaction. Satisfying, being satisfied where you're at right now and saying, this is it, I'm good. God wants to do more? Nah, Pat, no, Bishop, I'm good, fam. God, God done done it. He done fixed it all for me. Hallelujah. We won the victory. Death cannot hold us back. Hallelujah. Right? A lot, a lot of the stuff that, that, a lot of reasons why we can't win is because we have gotten complacent. Self-satisfied. Notice I didn't say not being grateful. I'm grateful for the house I live in. I'm grateful for the car I drive. I'm grateful for all the things God's done. I'm grateful for my job, grateful for everything. But I want more. Because I'm not satisfied with where I am right now. I want to lose more weight. Because the weight I did lose, I'm, I, it's been off for a while. Now I need to lose more weight. 
I'm not, I haven't become obsessive. I'm just not satisfied. Does that make sense? A lot of us, the reason why God can't even push you forward is because you got brakes on because you're okay where you are. I know you got a new job recently, but how long are you going to stay there? What's the time frame? Why did God send you there? What's, why did the door open up for you? Did the door open up so that God can teach you something about management? Did the door open up so that God can have you pray for somebody? Why are you where you're at? If you don't understand that, then you'll be looking at a dead end for the rest of your life because you'll never go into what God promised you because you never see past where you are. Why am I here? Why are you living where you're at? Is there a radius around, around where your house is that God wants this whole radius to be saved? You don't even go outside of your house. Do y'all see what I'm saying? But you believe in God for the new place. Why hasn't the new place come? Because the assignment in the current place has not been completed. When the assignment is completed, what happens? You graduated. You graduate. Pass the test and what happens? You go up. Nobody stays in the second grade forever. If you do, then 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 they start evaluating you for mental capacity. There's no way you're 25 in the second grade. Right? Isn't that, isn't that right in the natural? Am I right? So why is it that in God, that you've been in God for five years, but you're still in kindergarten? You, you've been in God, you've been saved for two years, but you can't pray 10 minutes. Come on, y'all. Y'all acting like a... Come on now. You got to evaluate. This is what we're talking about. Complacency. You got to overcome complacency because I'm saved. You become, you become extra satisfied because you know you ain't going to hell. But then you, you're saved, but who did you win the Christ this week? Who did you bring to church to this week? How many people are you witness? How many people are you pulling out of the groups of hell? Complacency is, I, I said this the other week, complacency comes from hell. It's a trap. Because as long as, and, and, and complacency stems from selfishness. If I'm okay, if my family's fine, if my children are all right, nobody's sick, nobody's going through, God is good. We're fine. There's no pressure on us. Thank you, Lord, my bills are paid this month. Oh, glory to God. But what about the person you're sitting next to? What about the person on your, in, in, come on, what about the person in your, in your, in your apartment, in your, in, in your, on your block? What, what, what about the person on your row? Who's praying for God to help them supplement and Lord, I just need a hundred more dollars for this month. Maybe God paid yours off so you can help somebody else pay theirs. See, what happens is we, if I'm good, if my family's fine, then it's like we shut down to anybody else's plight. Because complacency means as long as I'm good, I don't have to worry about nobody else. You see how the enemy is fanning the church to sleep through, through complacency? I'm so satisfied, I'm good, as long as I ain't got no crisis, as long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. It's a cute song, but it ain't reality. It's not the will of God. As long as I have King Jesus, everybody else needs who I got. Y'all don't like that because y'all like Vicky Winans. I love Vicky Winans too, but the song is not accurate. As long as I have King Jesus, don't need nobody else. And it's not talking about I don't need nobody else to pay my bills. No, a lot of us use that as long as I got King Jesus, I don't need you. As long as I got King Jesus, I'm cool. I don't need your help. Well, sometimes you do. 
The Bible said we're workers one of another. We we supposed to be. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes. You're supposed to be there for somebody else. And the more God brings you up, you ought not go by yourself. Come on here. Come on. Every once in a while, you ought to help somebody with gas. Come on, talk to me. Especially if they riding you around, you ought to be helping somebody. They take you home after church at least once a month. Say, here's twenty dollars. It's going to be a blessing to you. You don't just be riding to my yeah right there. The, this week I'm gonna go to the store. Then I'm gonna need you to drop me at Walmart. Then I'm gonna go <laughs> because that's a, that's a sign of complacency. Selfishness shows up because it's attached to complacency. As long as you drive me, as long as you helping me. Hey, you got you got any more food at your house? Yeah, I got some food. I'm coming over to eat. First of all, I didn't invite you. Second of all, because I'm being nice and I bought you a plate, now you're looking for a plate every Tuesday night. Because all you're thinking about is your stomach being satisfied and you, already, you didn't even say, hey, how much did it cost you to make this meal? We don't, come on, y'all don't like, y'all don't like that kind of stuff because it, it forces you to look outside of your bubble. You want to win? Come out your bubble. I'm serious. If you want to win, you got to come out of your bubble. You got to come out of the me, myself, and I bubble. Us for no more bubble. You got to come out of that bubble and see that there's somebody else suffering other than you. Somebody else is going through a hardship and most times their stuff is bigger than yours and you refuse to praise and they jumping all around the church. Tell, tell your neighbor, come out your bubble. I'll leave you alone. All right, so, <laughs> Lord Jesus. All right, this is where we left off at and I got three minutes to do this. Three minutes to do this. Um, Say, I'm coming out of my comfort zone. So we said, evaluate where you currently are, overcome complacency, and the third one we said was find your lane and run your race. This how, this how, this how, now, this is how you're going to be motivated. Find your lane and run your race. Find your lane, say that, find my lane, run my race. In every long and short distance uh, uh, running uh, event, uh, a runner is assigned to a numeric lane. A numeric lane. Now, what most people don't know is that a runner is not allowed to choose lane one, two, six, or seven. The runner is not allowed to choose lanes one, two, six, or seven. Why? Because those lanes are assigned to people. Because with how you're running and what lane you're in depends on the difficulty of the run. On the outside, you're gonna, there's a different degree of difficulty, especially if the, if the track slants. Those on the, in, those on the inside have a different degree and it's, much, it's a little more easier. That is based on the ability of the runner. The ability of the runner says where they're placed at on the track. So everybody in here, we talked about a couple weeks ago, when we first started four weeks ago, everybody in here has an ability. Everybody has an ability. Based on what God put inside of you, the gifts and talents, natural and spiritual that are inside of you, there is a lane called your life. There's a lane for you that God put you in called your life. You can stop crying that, that life is unfair because God assessed before life, before you ever came, where your life was going and what he put inside of you. And based on what he put inside of you, he put you in a lane. Based off of what he put inside of you, he placed you in a family. Whether you know them or not, whether you like them or not, 
Why did I have to grow up in this family? Anybody ever prayed that before? Like, why did I grow up in this family? Because of what God put inside of you, he allowed you to come into the earth through whatever lane that was based off what he put inside of you. So when you first came out, you, you baby crying, you, you came into an abusive household, that wasn't God being cruel. That was God giving you the seeds to spark what was in you. This is good stuff. And based off of that, your life was supposed to be pushed towards him. So how, now, the reason why I seek the Lord the way I do is because of the family I grew up in. Once I, once I found out who God was and what he had available for me and, the, and I started realizing the gifts and talents that were inside of me, I, I started seeking God with everything that I had. Why? Because of the lane I was in. A lot of people are still upset, still going through, still hurt by, still manipulated by upbringing, culture that they grew in, family name, all of the stuff that happened to them. Only because, not because they won't forgive, not because they won't forget, but because they won't tap into what's on the inside of them. All of that was meant to get you to where you are. Joseph said, it was not you that sent me here. Listen to this. He said, it wasn't you that sent me here, but God. Think about this for a second. How did they get to Potiphar's house? His brothers wanted to kill him and sold him off to the Israelites and they took him took him only because his brothers hated him we would have said my I'm here I'm, my life is messed up and jacked up because my family did this to me my mother and father did this to me mm -mm. Joseph said it's a new revelation remember he was already a dreamer he was already a prophet he already had something in him and what he went through wasn't designed to kill that in him. It was, a, it was designed to make it come alive. Everywhere he went, it was designed to chip off a part of him that, 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 watch this, that he wasn't supposed to have. So by the time he got to the prison, he was ready to be second in command only because he had gone through years of turmoil. What are you saying, Bishop? God will never let you go through years of turmoil without having a second in command ready for you. Some of you are about to step into the best. You're going to be living your best life for real and seeing what God really had for you. Not, not just because it's your time and season, but because you have endured the test of time. You have gone through enough. You've suffered enough. And you've worked on what's inside of you. Notice, notice what God Joseph promoted. He had to interpret a dream. He had to interpret a dream. Now, now this is going to blow your mind. How did God first start talking to Joseph? He first had to interpret his own dream. He started this thing by having to interpret what was already inside of him. And every way he went, he had to be reminded of the gifts that were in him. Mm. Until he gets to a place where now Pharaoh has a dream that he has to interpret. Notice where he's going and where he has been is like coming full circle. Ah. He didn't have to struggle when he got to Pharaoh say, you had this dream about this. Oh, he had to do that. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to be deep. 
the position was waiting on him the position was waiting on him because he spent years honing the gift everywhere he went he's prophesying everywhere he went he's speaking everywhere he went he's interpreting dreams so when he gets to the prison and the baker and the butler it's nothing for him to say this is what's going on go tell Pharaoh now when you get up there don't forget about me and what happens he's forgotten about but the other said hey wait Pharaoh you're having a dream I know a guy I was in, I was in prison with him I got a guy he can interpret his dreams tell, tell him come on and here, here comes a man of God coming in stocks and bonds on had a dream what's the dream oh this is what that dream means it's easy blah, 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 blah. he starts telling him what's going on I'm gonna take he says take those chains off of him shave get him shaved wash him up put on the best the, put a ring on his finger make him make him second what does that sound like the prodigal son ah glory God will take you from being lost seemingly like you don't know what's going on with your life but because you hone something on the inside of you Hey, God will open up somebody. Shout this real because it's going to come to you. Shout an opportunity. Come on, shout an opportunity. God will open an opportunity for you to showcase what he put inside of you. That is the key to unlocking the door. The Bible said your gift will make room for you and bring you before people of stature. The only way that happens is when you hone the gift stop being complacent watch 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 uh, so watch this say, say this God has an assigned lane for me watch watch this how do you find your lane how do you really find that lane how do you really find that lane you really got to pray Lord Lord I need you to show me what my lane is write down Acts 9 and 6 the Apostle Paul in the presence of the Lord Acts he said Lord what do you want me to do this is in his initial calling he said Lord what Lord you knocked me off you knocked me off off, off the beast I was riding you blinded me what do you want me to do what do you want me to do a lot of us don't understand our lane because we don't ask God what it is what am I supposed to be doing with my life? If you think that just that, 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 that working in your mail room is what you're supposed to do for your life, if you really think that, that whatever you do, processing somebody's payment is what you're supposed to do with your life, whatever you do for, for a living, if that's what you're supposed to do with your life, life is miserable. Life is miserable. Okay, how many of you love your job? Like maybe two people in the room. Anybody here really love your job? One person, she loves her job. Out of all of us, how many absolutely love it? Like, I, I wake up, I can do this for free. Anybody here? You said, you said, you, you said. He said, yeah, I love it, but he said, I can do this for free. He's like, wait a minute, hold on. I ain't binding myself to nothing. He said, wait a minute, hold, stop the music. I ain't binding myself to nothing. I rebuke that. I, can't, I cancel that in the Holy Ghost. So put that hand back down. I'm playing play with you. Anybody here love, love, love your job and, and you be like, I could do this rest of my life for free? My hand is up. I love my job. I could do this for free. I do it for free now. <laughs> I 
I mean, I mean, I do it for free now. So I mean, I, that that goes to show you how much I love it. I don't miss services. I I preach y'all sick under the weather, over the weather, going through, not going. I mean, I preach on it. I don't know salary. I don't get no money from y'all like that. You understand what I'm saying? I can do this for free. Now, now, put me in a in a, a different work environment. I'm gonna get real slug because you're gonna see another side of the bishop. <laughs> Like when I was working for UPS seasonally, I was like, oh, every morning I was like, okay, God, I got to get out of this bed. Yeah. I had to give myself a pep talk every morning. Like, okay, Lord, I just need this money for this season. Lord, help me. Lord, open up a door for me to get up out of this bed. Let something happen. Because <laughs> I, I, I didn't like it. Why? Because I, I wasn't in my lane. And every day I made myself do it, but it wasn't my lane. This is my lane. Preaching the gospel is my lane. Praying for the sick is my lane. Casting out devils is my lane. Come on, revealing Jesus is my lane. The supernatural, that's my lane. Prophetic, that's my lane. This is my lane. Right? I I just need the money to match the lane. Then I will be overwhelmed. Y'all get what I'm saying? I'm going to be overwhelmed. You really gonna see me rolling across the stage every service? Like, oh. Somebody gonna say he must be getting paid today. <laughs> I believe that Lord. Lord, what do you want me to do? If you don't understand why you were born, then your job is gonna become the thing you live for, and you're gonna be chasing happiness in relationships, chasing happiness in the bottle. Chasing happiness in smoking weed, chasing happiness in, in, in buying clothes, chasing happiness in eating, chasing happiness, happiness in traveling, chasing happiness in everything. Those things are supposed to be additives. Not the drugs and stuff, but just traveling. <laughs> Prophets, I, I gotta say stuff like that because people are like, it's a good additive, Jesus. <laughs> Bishop said it was an additive. It was a great additive, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm seeing angels. Hold up. What was that that just flew by my face? It was a demon, okay? A demon, a demon, a demon, a demon. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just had to get that out. Because, you know, I mean, the Holy Ghost is real sharp. He gets me real quick. Like, clarify that man. Clarify that man. Because the traveling and the eating and the buying the houses and stuff are supposed to be additives in life. Stay away from the drugs. Stay away from, stay away from all the sex partners. Stay away from all that. All that stuff is just going to mess you up. Just stay away from that. But y'all get what I'm saying. Those other things are supposed to be additives. If that's what you're chasing after, you'll never be fulfilled. So you're looking for the next restaurant. Because the restaurant that was the best restaurant is no longer the best restaurant because you've eaten it every other week. You traveled outside the country four times. So traveling outside the country another four times ain't gonna be any newer. You done seen exotic landscapes Right? So to see another one, it's not going to be like, <laughs> I, I saw this 18 times. I've seen this kind of thing. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, right? But, 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 it, but it's not the thing that I live for. You, you, amen? amen? You're like, oh, I just, I just need to be in a relationship with you. You get in a relationship with them, and then two weeks later, you're like, oh, God, what did I do? <laughs> I'm like, why am I? Why am I even talking to you, God? What, what did I get myself into? 
Then the next one, you're like, oh, Lord. Okay, the Bible said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. This ain't God, so this must be my steps. They're horrible. <laughs> my steps are wrong. They're horrible. Lord, order my steps, right? So, so you keep looking for, why? Because you're looking for something to complete you, somebody to complete you because you don't have a lane. There's no lane. There's no lane. Spiritually, naturally, what is your lane? Naturally, my lane is music. That's my natural lane. Writing, producing music, right? Different genres of music. That's, that's my lane. I've done that for years. I've produced for everybody in the industry. Everybody. That's my lane. Naturally. Spiritually, this is my lane. Anything outside of these two areas, I, I have nothing to do with. You want to know why? Because it's a waste of my time. Y'all get what I'm saying? If somebody says, hey, you want to come learn how to play volleyball? No. It sounds harsh. I don't want to play volleyball. I don't want to learn how to play volleyball. That's not, what I, that's not going to fulfill me. Y'all don't like that. I'm not going to waste my time doing something that I'm not fulfilled doing. The only way I'll play volleyball is if my wife wants to play volleyball because that's part of my fulfillment package. She wants to play volleyball, I automatically want to play volleyball because I want to be with her. You see what I'm saying? Let's go play kickball. No, thank you. Then I'll say, you going to go play kickball? It's not because I'm whipped. It's because where she is, I want to be. Even if I don't play kickball, I watch her play kickball. I'll be on my phone, and what am I doing? I'm fulfilling this. I'm studying. I'm, I'm constantly feeding my lane. While I'm, while I'm feeding another lane. Does it make sense? And a lot of us do this. You are playing kickball, volleyball, going to the mall, and none of it's fulfilling you. So when you lay down at night, you feel like I ain't doing nothing. Anybody feel like I feel like I ain't doing nothing? So, and, and this, is what, this is what we mess up. I'm done. I'm done. I'll, I'll finish this another day. This is what we mess up. This is what we do. We, um, we try our best... We try our best to make something up that we believe will fulfill us. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go camping in the Colorado mountains. Why? Because we because we believe doing something adventurous that we've never done before is gonna fulfill a side of us that is never gonna fulfill you. It's gonna be experience, but it'll never fulfill you. The Apostle Paul said, What do you want me to do? Last note of the day, write this down. Find out, I have, to, I have to pray and find out what God's called me to do. What are you good at? What spiritual gifts do you possess? What do you love to do for free? In the naturals, you, I love this braiding hair. That may be part of what fulfills you. That's business. This is where you mess up. This is what I'm, and I, I'm, I'm constantly showing us the mess up. You keep braiding hair. How long can you braid hair before your hands look like this? The problem is finding out what you're good at and you not doing it, but teaching it to others who can, who can do it for you. That's legacy. Finding other people who love braiding hair and teach them your method of braiding hair. Or open, up, open up a braiding hair academy and braid hair for a living. This is how you can make a million dollars. Steve Harvey talks about that. Find something you're good at, do it, do it 10 times. Then do it another 10 times. Then do another 10 times. Now, here's the issue. 
How many ten times can you do it? But now, if I can braid hair, how much it costs to get a good braid? I, I'm talking about a whole head down, down like here. Hmm? Two hundred, like the base is like two hundred. She's talking about four hundred. You go to you go to premier people. Stick with her. She going places. She's at like four hundred eighty. I'm like, she go. That, that's right. Them, that hair never fall out. You hear me? Them braids will never come out. They they all the way down to the bottom of your root. Okay, okay, so okay, let's just say on, on the on the on the smaller end is two hundred, right? If you were able to do three three people do, do three three girls hair a week, right? That's six hundred dollars a week, right? That's twenty four hundred a month, right? What if you what if you had a school that you opened up and you taught that method to now I need somebody with a calculator. If you taught that lesson to ten women and to teach them that you charge them $500. How much money is that? How much? 5000 And you still made your, your $2,400. So in that one month, you have $7,500, right? Now, this is what you say. As part of me teaching you this class, you have to, when you sign on, you got to work six months at my academy at least. And out of every hair you braid, I want $75. Because that, that's all whoever owns a, a barbershop is doing. They're charging you for a chair. You get a, out of all the money you make for a week, you got to pay rent on that chair. $200, whatever it is, you got to pay that rent. Otherwise, it'll kick you out. Right? Am I right? I'm guaranteeing that every six months, I have a new set of class people coming in which just starts the whole process over again. And so every year, I'm guaranteed at least, at least $30,000 a year. What if I now take that same method and moved it from Norfolk to Virginia Beach? And I hired somebody else, the top student, to teach my method there and give her just a percentage of that, but I keep the bulk of it. Now, I, I'm, this is going in two different cities in one state. Now, I take the top out of that class and teach them all the stuff I know about the business, and they run that now in Newport News. Eventually, I'm going to stop teaching the class. I'm going to stop doing hair, and I'm going to travel around all the places and oversee. What are you doing? You found a lane. You're working it. But you're not killing yourself in the lane. You're working with wisdom. You know, like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, when I say it, it sounds easy until you got to do it. Because in order to do it, what do you got to do? You got you to believe that what you got is good. Then you got to find somebody. And you, you won't always have 50 people in your first class. First class may be one person. But that one person will be braiding hair and giving you something. You see what I'm saying? The bottom line is this. God can blow on anything you touch and, and cause it to prosper. You have to just find the lane and run in the lane. So this week, our prayer assignment is this. Lord, what's my lane? Or lanes. What are my lanes? What am I going to do? When you find out what that is, oh my God, it's going to free you. It's going to free you because you're going to start to realize I've been slacking for years. I've been slacking for years. Oh, God. 
in, in, in spiritual aspects, I've been slacking. In the natural, I've been slacking. You know how many people would love to have a home-cooked meal, but they're working and they need somebody to cook for them? And if you can really cook, you know how much money you can make? You know how much money people spend on fast food, but they really want a home-cooked meal? So to them, the closest to that is Boston Market or, or, or Jimmy's Chinese or, or, or Jimmy's Soul Food Restaurant where you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get a, a, a little small thing of cabbage like this, one yam and a half a chicken drumstick for $18. Y'all understand what I'm saying? What if they supply the food but you cook it? And you have families you're cooking for. You, let me tell you something. My mother, my mother did this and was cooking for the mayor, the governor, the fire department, the police department, all in one city. The mayor of New York, the senators, the fire department. I'm, they would come to our house. The mayor would come to my house, pick up plates, pick up, pick up food. She cooked for entire families. And when it came time for, for them to buy a church, they said, we need everybody to give a donation of $1,000. My mother gave $100,000. Sick. Sick. With a blood disease, rare blood disease. Sick. $100,000. When they were asking for $1,000, she gave $100 just by cooking. Why? She found a lane. That was her lane and prayer was her lane. She prayed for people, cast out devils, and cooked. I don't need to be known for being the jack of all trades and the master of none. I, I want to be known for a few things on the earth. You want to know how you get known it? By, by, by doing it and, and doing it over again and over again and over again and over again until you become the one that people look to for it. You don't, have to, you don't have to start out being the best, but you become the best when you stick with it. Prayer's not working for you. You ain't prayed enough. I pray for the sick, they recover. How many people have recovered? Nobody. <laughs> how, many, well, how many people have you prayed for? Two. You really can't say that you've honed the gift because you ain't prayed for nobody yet. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Pray for everybody you can. Release the power of God. Until you see it start working. Then you can evaluate what you did wrong. Can't evaluate what you did wrong when you only did it one time. That's like, that's like somebody, Krista, baking a cake and be like, it ain't come out right. How many cakes you bake? One. You see what I'm saying? It's like, that's, that, that, that's like Olivia drawing. I'm trying to draw the Mickey Mouse ears. They don't ever come out right. How many times you draw this? One time. It's over. And over. And then you watch the Disney. It goes, dun, 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 dun. Y'all are like, you see what I'm saying? And she's tracing on the screen. Until you go to sleep and see Disney ears. You see what I'm saying? Like, you really, you really haven't honed in on nothing until you go to sleep and see it. That means it has become so much of your... You know what? I pray for people in my sleep. I'm preaching in my sleep. I've been, doing, I've been preaching in my sleep since I was like nine. Because it was in me. You ever had a dream about something that you want to be good at and you've dream, dreamt about it but you ain't never did it? It's an indication of what's to come. That's God's way of telling you in your dreams, stick with it. Stick with it. You may not see it right now, but stay, stay with it. Tell your neighbor, stick with it. Come on, tell them, stick with it.
Tell somebody else. Stick with it. Stand in your feet. How many of you see somebody the word of God today? Lord, we might be on this two more weeks. Stand up.